Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gens and Associates podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Young-Iot, and I'm a consultant and analyst for Gens and Associates. And this episode today is focused on the impact of several recent regulatory software provider consolidations. With me today, I have two guests who are going to share with you their reactions and some of their opinions about what's happening in this space and the significance of these consolidations. So without further delay, let me welcome Steve Gens and John Kogan. Hi, John. Hi, Steve. I hope you're having uh, both having a really good week. And I want to just say thank you for taking the time today to chat with me and our listeners about all of the recent software provider consolidations in the regulatory space. I hope you don't mind, but I always ask my guests to introduce themselves and give our listeners a bit more uh, information about you know who you are and what you've been working on recently. So, John, as our guest of honor, um, please start. Thank you, Catherine. Hi, everybody. I'm John Cogan, and I've been in the pharma life sciences uh, area for almost 35 years now. I spent the first uh, 20 or so years of my career in in pharma, in R&D ops, reg ops, PV ops, technology, uh, those sort of areas. And probably the last uh, 10 or dozen years, I've been in the service provider area. And most recently, I headed the advisories uh, practice at Cineas Health focused on uh, R&D. And in the last year, I have established my own consulting company, and that's what I do now. Great. Thank you so much. Um, Welcome. And um, Steve, I know everyone knows you, but please uh, give a little intro about yourself. Uh, Thanks, Catherine. And and thank you, John, for uh, being here. It's always a joy to go back and forth on, you know, kind of different ideas and topics. So Steve Gens here, managing partner of Gens & Associates. Uh, Like John, I started an industry way back when uh, with Johnson & Johnson uh, or Janssen. We're actually a couple of these software providers and regulatory we're just getting started, you know, back in the uh, the mid to late 90s. I had a few consulting uh, stints uh, like John, uh, uh, but I was at first consulting group in Booz Allen, then started the uh, firm uh, back in 2005 in our benchmarks. So we, we track a lot of these regulatory providers officially since uh, 2007. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation because over the last 12 months, there, there's just been a lot of consolidation. Catherine. Great. So, um, so let's just get started. Um, I'll kick off the conversation by asking you guys a very simple question, and whoever wants to start can can grab it. What's your reaction to all of the acquisitions and divestitures over the past twelve months? Because there's been some interesting ones, no? Anybody? Yeah, uh, yeah, John. Um, I'll, I'll take this first to maybe just set the stage. Then you can kind of jump in and maybe drill into. Uh, you know, some of these in a little more detail. So um, over the last 12 months, it's been really interesting. Uh, there's uh, different types of configurations with the consolidation. You have, you know, recently in the beginning of this year, Eris Global purchasing uh, Amplexer, uh, which was interesting by itself, uh, where Eris Global, kind of the leader in the safety space, you know, has a strong presence in the uh, rim space. Uh, but with Amplexer, uh, they get the QMS and publishing. And very lately, they uh, just bought Sporify, uh, the reference data management, which is interesting. Um, one, uh, another one that's hot off the press is uh, Ennove uh, buying Samarin. Uh, Samarin, if you're not familiar, is kind of a, a smaller uh, regulatory provider, uh, more expertise on the med di- uh, device space. So, you know, would that mean Ennove is going to start competing with? Uh, 
the RegDesk, the RIMSYS, you know, and Viva certainly is over on the, the MedTech side. You have a very successful partnership with Extito and Generis. They're gaining a lot of traction. Uh, Flex Global has been through a lot. Uh, they had bought Coonsoft, and they got acquired by Pharmalex. And then Pharmalex got acquired um, at the end of last year by Amerisource Bergen. And finally, um, uh, Kalex, so the original liquid that was purchased by Parexcel and a few others, and they were just acquired by Capfest uh, GLO Healthcare, you know, in the beginning of this year. So, uh, John, I think I got all the uh, transactions. Um, um, so th there's been a lot going on. So be a, get your uh, viewpoint as far as, you know, kind of what's your reaction on the market dynamics. And, that, and then I think I'll follow up with some additional thoughts. Yeah, thank you, Steve. I, I agree. It's been a really interesting uh, year or so in terms of the uh, consolidations. And, and really, there was there's probably too many players in the market and uh, this this was inevitable. I mean, with Viva so far out in the lead in, in that enterprise space, uh, I think, uh, you know, the other players really had to get together to A, you know, form something that could rival Viva, you know, where Viva is strong, but also to tackle the uh, the small, medium and, and emerging pharma space. I think... I think the med devices that you mentioned is is really interesting because Rimsys and um, uh, Regdesk have have really broken out in the last in a positive way in the in the last year, and so uh, you know it's interesting to see Enov going in that direction with Samarind, and I actually think Sporify is super interesting because as we'll probably discuss uh, later on, uh, you know the the concept of connected data uh, is is a big differentiator uh, in in these platforms. So, so yeah, I think um, maybe even some more to come. Yeah, absolutely, uh, John. And, you know, we uh, track the, uh, the addressable market and the available market. So from an economic standpoint, you're absolutely right. There's There's been a squeeze, you know, on this. And, you know, you know granted, Viva has taken a lot of uh, market share over the last, you know, four to five, uh, you know, years. But it's that thing that we started seeing around 2013, 14, 15, and really took hold in 2018 or 19. And I know you've been involved in many of those projects. Um, we call it RIM global modernization. Others, uh, you know, call it transformations. But you know, right now with our last benchmark, 55% of the market's kind of in that end-to-end. -end, some people call it unified. Um, you know, unified approach. And if our benchmarks are right, that could be as high as 75% in a couple of years. So you're right, those small niche uh, providers um, will get the squeeze because uh, people are going with uh, multiple modules with the end-to-end. -end. Now, the other thing, you know, I thought was really interesting, and I know we recently talked about this, is how about those companies that haven't gotten acquired that have been around for quite a while, like the Generis, they're doing very well, and both Lorenz and Extito is doing very well too. So, um, any viewpoint on that? Yeah, I think that that's a very good point. I mean, Lorenz and Extito, I think, occupy uh, a, a very important niche space in, space in publishing, and. I don't see that changing over the next couple of years, despite the advances, uh, you know, from Viva and uh, Amplexor and others in, in publishing. Th those guys are just so well established there. I think Generis, though, is super interesting because Cara has evolved 
dramatically over the last few years. I, I mean, I remember it as a platform for content management, and it was in a lot of the big farmers. And while Viva has taken over in, in a lot of those places, uh, the, the car platform still exists, but they've really moved up the, the chain uh, to add uh, RIM and uh, you know QMS and, and other areas, but they are privately funded. And so perhaps you know they don't need the, the kind of investment that would come uh, you know from one of these mergers or one of these acquisitions by a PE. So I think you know the, the, the niche providers probably okay for now. I mean maybe uh, you know maybe generis maybe it'll be uh, inevitable for them at some point but uh, you know they are make, they are making a lot of progress. So uh, th- those are some good thoughts. I mean, I, I, Steve, I kind of wanted to go back on what you were saying a minute ago about, you know, how all these companies are sort of at the tail end of their RIM transformation. So do you guys have actually any opinions on the maturity of the key provider end-to-end RIM or unified RIM solutions? Like, how is that maturing? Yeah, this will be really interesting to see if John and I aligned or, or not. So um, like anything, it's in progress. If we, of course, we have the 15 RIM capabilities, you know, your submission planning, the registration, the compilation publishing, uh, label compliance, kind of the uh, list goes on, the, the submission, uh, the documents. So, you know, maturity, and we actually look at this, you know, and rate the different software providers by the different maturity in the different modules. So the end-to-end players, you know, so certainly the Vivas, uh, Generis is an emerging, you know, end-to-end player with Extito, the Ennos, the Amplexer, Eris, Flex to a, a lesser extent, um, and, and potentially a Cubia, that, you know, they've matured quite a bit in the last three to four months. And what I would say, John, is some of the basics, you know, really getting the submission, the the document side strong, the data side, especially with the registration, you know, management, but there's still some of the areas where they're just not quite there. And that would be publishing um, the uh, label compliance, at, especially at the local uh, affiliate level. And I think the last one that everybody, um, uh, there's no maturity at all. It's a big on that need is in regulatory intelligence. So so they're coming along, and that's why there's so much adoption. But John, I think there's still a ways to go. You know, what what do you think? Yeah, thank you, Steve. I agree with that. I think on the uh, end-to-end rim, I think those capabilities are, uh, you know, exactly as you said. Most of the players in that rim regulatory space have most of the things apart from what what you described. But I think the market has moved on, and the decision-making criteria has moved on uh, into more R and D uh, capability, particularly adding in quality PV to regulatory, and then the big beast of clinical also uh, coming in. And I think the really interesting part of that is if you look at the the suites or the end-to-ends from that R&D perspective, actually, they're not very mature at all. And the sell in that space has been, as you said, Steve, the data connectivity, the end-to-end process. You know, if you take labeling, I mean, that, that stretches across a lot of different things, not, not just regulatory. And so while Viva have, have done a fantastic job in that market winning a lot of enterprise deals based on the fact that they offer everything across that R&D development area, Viva still has a long way to go to make those, uh, you know, modules uh, interconnect. But I will say in Viva's defense, and it's easy to take a swipe at Viva when they're the market leader, what they're doing in the enterprise space, replacing 30 years of bespoke legacy 
customized applications for first of all the basic rim functionality uh, and uh, you know content management and uh, planning and tracking and so on and then secondly ctms and etmf and um, you know qms and all of those things that that is extraordinary and that's really brave because you know companies and people have got used to using their own bespoke things and now we're going to a single platform in the cloud where everybody gets the same functionality so definitely big respect to what Viva is doing. But in terms of the others, I think they've all seen that shift in the market. And so that's why you see Aris Global combined with Amplexor. They can cover more of the R&D area. Look at Generis and you know what they're doing in, in quality and with their, you know, that they've got publishing with um, uh, with Extito. And of course now Enov, you know, looking across uh, and looking into um, and looking into the med device area. So I, I think, you know, the summary end-to-end rim yeah, most of them are there apart from the things you said, but I think the buying criteria now has moved into this more of an R&D platform play. Actually, that, that's a good segue into sort of my next question, right, which is about this whole platform standardization, especially cross-functionally. And there seems to be a lot more focus on that from both the solution, sort of the solution provider end and also from from the um, from an industry itself. So, you know, John, is this something that you're seeing more with your client work? I'm curious to, to hear what you what you sort of think about it. And um, Steve, I'm sure you can probably speak to it about what we've been seeing in the work that we're doing as well. Yeah, well, let me take that first then, Catherine, because when I look at that question, I, I look at the market in terms of tiers. So, uh, and, and, and I mean that in terms of, um, you know, the size of the market. So when I say enterprise, I mean, you know, the top 40, the top 50. And I think in that space, uh, the end-to-end story that Viva has sold is has is sticking. And I don't see, in, in my work, I don't see much appetite or any appetite for anybody changing their mind uh, on Viva. So I think that's a difficult market for the other uh, guys to, uh, to, to penetrate now. But I think in the small medium market, um, the ability to offer the suite is really important because although you know, in the SMB space or emerging space, somebody might come to the market for just one capability, let's say registration tracking or content management. If you can give that company the potential of a suite versus you can only give them the point solution, I think the potential of the suite is still a big uh, decision criteria for those companies because they're going to grow and they're going to need other things. So I, I, I think that whole area is fascinating. I think Viva have really got to get to grips with, you know, what we call Viva to Viva you know, making this interconnectivity work. But I think the other providers need to have credible out-of-the-box, you know, process-orientated solutions that tackle, you know, some of those major uh, use cases cross-platform like product release, uh, you know, like TMF into, um, uh, you know, into into regulatory. So, uh, yeah, that's my view on that one. Yeah, and just to add on, you know, completely uh, you know, agree with that, you know, John, and and you know, especially the example of Amplexer and Aris Global, you know, coming together, it wasn't so much, in, you know, kind of my humble opinion, bolstering, you know, kind of the different regulatory, you know, capabilities, um, but you know, how we look at it is kind of the magic triangle today, is the regulatory safety, meaning the surveillance and reporting. And also quality, the QMS, you know, kind of CAPA processes are, are almost a, a triangle. There's so much 
change, you know, with our first benchmark the other year in the, uh, the quality system. So it's kind of where regulatory was seven, eight years ago. People are questioning, not only do I need to replace my current quality in the R&D and manufacturing, but how's that all interconnected with regulatory and safety? So what, so what I'll do, you know, you hit kind of the enterprise side. I'm going to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum with those very small, you know, uh, uh, businesses that are still mainly in the clinical stage. Maybe they have one or two products on the market and it's about scale and then investing to the growth curve. So <clears throat> the thing that's very attractive and that's where the big battle these days with the small, medium businesses, because Ayers Global Amplex are just uh, announced an offering just for that tier. Certainly Ennova is in that tier. The combination more with Extito is bringing Generis in that tier. You know, Flex is in that tier uh, and certainly uh, Viva. Because, you know, if you're that small, the first thing you're buying probably is your safety database and also your submission content ETM app. You know, you need to get that in place. You start getting products on the market. Um, then you're investing in the registration, maybe a moral, you know, formal label management system. And to your point about a lot of the cross-functional processes, you know, you mentioned label. The other big one, once these smaller companies, you know, start getting into different markets around the world, is the old uh, change control process, which kind of hits each one of these, uh, you know, areas. Maybe there is a, a strong safety signal that causes, a, you know, a, a product complaint or some type of change to the label, and you have change control and label management. So it's really interesting these days, I think, in so much competition, and we don't see a dominant player in that very small tier, but the, uh, the providers um, are either partnering, you know, getting acquired, uh, or the small ones, you know, because there's, there's just, you know, there's, you know, hundreds, if not doubt, you know, a couple of thousand of these small clinical businesses. So I, I don't know if you've seen or worked, you know, in that kind of very small tier space or, or have a different view there, John. I definitely don't have a different view, Steve. I think um, the decisions that those guys make are are very, um, you know, varied. So you couldn't say that any one vendor uh, is is making, uh, you know, is dominating that space. And I think it's because there's so many of them. I, I just did want to flip into one end, though, which is the other end, back at the enterprise end. I think Beaver's venture into the clinical space, so CTMF, sorry, CTMS, EDC, uh, you know, uh, the data management. I think that's, extremely interesting because that brings a whole new set of players into the market uh, the CROs and uh, you know all of their technology and some very very big competitors in terms of metadata and oracle and and so on and so you know maybe that's one for uh, for the future and perhaps there's a risk there that while viva try to conquer that market maybe they take their eye off at the reg pv and quality space which maybe in viva's view is is one already and that may be true at the in in the big uh, companies but but I certainly don't think that's true in the in the small, medium, and even as you said, those emerging uh, farmers. So I I do think John that we will be having a continuation of this conversation because I think everything will continue to shift and it'll be interesting to continue the discussion. But for today, I think um, if we have enough time, I want to just sort of ask one last question, right? So which is as everything sort of continues to shift and we see how things turn out, um, you know. Uh, where do you guys think that software providers need to further invest in? 
Yeah. Oh boy, we could have a whole podcast just on this, John. But we'll just I'll just limit it to one thing because you know, as a firm, as you know, Catherine, we're so focused on this. How can the software providers do a better job? Because they have all the data of automating metrics and KPIs, you know, to get continuous improvement, you know, kind of a, a jump start uh, with data-driven continuous improvement. Because there's a lot of metrics. These players, and they're, you know, in our, my opinion, most of them are very immature. They're just focused on compliance and the transactions, where there's a huge need just to get real-time performance measurements that could really, really help industry and uh, actually help their cause too. So that that's kind of my my thought here, Catherine. Yeah, that's a good one. I guess if I was going to say, Catherine, I would say uh, they need to invest in a process orientation and a data orientation when they when they talk about their solutions and how the solutions work. And so, um, you know, you can't just be talking about capabilities anymore. Now. You've got to be talking uh, in 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 the language of the end, those end to end processes in uh, you know in the pharma companies. Yeah. Absolutely. And these are all like really good talking points and, and thinking points to end on. So um, so I want to thank you guys so much for sharing your thoughts with me on this. And later this year, I think we will definitely revisit this conversation and, and continue this discussion, right, as things continue to develop in this space. So as always, um, thank you listeners uh, for tuning in. Um, John and Steve, thank you guys so much for sort of sharing your opinions and your thoughts about this. Um, if uh, those who are part of our executive lounge membership, you can find additional resources such as like market reports and research studies um, that you know are related to this topic, and you have access to that on the site. Um, if you're interested in discussing more on this topic, feel free to reach out to us, and we'd be happy to you know either continue the conversation or you know answer any of your questions. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>